Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cipher. The mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Let me tell you something, guys. All right. We are talking about legitimately episode number 320 of the Fantasy Freestyle. Your boy's been doing it for a little bit while. And what is it exactly? Helping you win your leagues and win that cash. We got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about, listen, I've been giving you my diamonds and fugazis position by position. We're going to talk a little bit about the running backs today and their diamonds and fugazis, all right? I'm also going to get into some of the key preseason storylines, okay? Training camp buzz, training camp battles. I'm going to tell you a little bit about where you can find that information. Don't forget about the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package. If you don't know, I got breaking news. You can now enter the promo code SPEEDS at checkout and get yourself a little bit of a discount. One of the articles in there by my man, Scotty Angle, the king, El Rey de Fantasia, He's a guy that I'm working with there in the mornings on Roto Experts in the morning. He's telling me some of his kind of analysis and storylines. I'm going to break some of those down as well because, listen, preseason games get started in earnest this week. There will be a lot to talk about, all right? And then, as you know, we put the fun and functional sports radio. We're going to do the same thing down there with the Stats Over Beat Cypher. I got my man Danny Otto down there monitoring the chat room, making me look good. We got my man Yang down there. We got the crown prince of NASCAR, Sean Angle, down there. Down there in the pit of misery, dilly dilly to y'all, and dilly dilly to the stats overbeat cipher. So many people asking me more questions on Twitter, really hitting me up, so I can feel that the buzz is palpable. So let's get on into it right now. Let's start with news and notes, okay? Since the last time we spoke, which was like a week ago, there's a lot of wide receiver news that I want to let you guys know. There was a trade in the NFL, and trades don't happen that frequently okay but the Cleveland Browns decided to send Corey Coleman their previous first round draft pick to the Buffalo Bills for a bag of balls in essence for like a seventh round pick in 2020 they have uh you know kind of decided to uh, cut bait with Corey Coleman it's interesting though because I thought that the Bills wide receiver room could use some help you know we're talking about Kelvin Benjamin Zay Jones Corey Coleman could find his way into some opportunity there. I think he actually has more opportunity in Buffalo than he ever did in Cleveland in terms of where he would be on the pecking order. So if he can establish himself, get in the flow of the offense, it could be an actual bump to Corey Coleman's fantasy value. On the other side, for the Cleveland Browns, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, this does not have the impacts that people are out there thinking about. They're like, oh, this clears the way for Des Bryant. No, it doesn't. There's reports now that maybe Dez's interest is not really serious. He's just trying to keep his name out there, okay? And obviously, this thing with Josh Gordon that we keep on talking about, he's supposedly on his way back, and everyone thinks, you know, there was no uh, failed drug test. There was no relapse or anything like that. But I still am very, very concerned because if he just needs to, like, you know, take some time for two weeks every now and then. What does that mean when he does the same thing around Thanksgiving when you're competing and he's your wide out too and you're competing for the fantasy playoffs, okay? I stay far, far away from Josh Gordon. This seems inconsistent. This seems like a fugazi to me. I will say, though, I love Jarvis Landry. I've been early on Jarvis Landry. I've been telling you about Jarvis Landry as a diamond in the rough that he is going to love the quarterback play with Tyrod Taylor. I believe now if there's no Josh Gordon, no Corey Coleman, I don't think they're signing Dez. I think Jarvis Landry is a, you know, legit wide receiver too who you can probably once again pencil in for 90-95 catches, especially in PPR formats. 
let's look on over to New England, okay? Because we got wide receiver news over there. Last week, I was trying to tell you, hey, maybe Jordan Matthews might be a guy who gets a little bit of extra buzz in the slot when Julian Edelman is gone. Nah, not so much, okay? Jordan Matthews goes to IR. There's rumors they're going to wind up waiving him if they can find out some kind of settlement if he uh, can return to health. So, Jordan Matthews, you're voted off the island, right? Malcolm Mitchell. You are voted off the island as well. The Patriots decide to waive Malcolm Mitchell. But they did, however, sign Eric Decker off the scrap heap. Okay, so here's the thing. We know Chris Hogan, and Hogan is going to be their number one wide receiver. For the first four weeks when Julian Edelman is out, someone is going to need to soak up that value, right? I know there's Gronkowski. I know there's James White and Rex Burkhead, other pass-catching kind of backs, things like that. Someone is going to serve as this team's number two wide receiver. And to be quite honest, the names right now are maybe it's Eric Decker. Maybe it's Kenny Britt. Maybe it's Philip Dorsett. An interesting name, Philip Dorsett. Maybe he has some potential, not only in the slot, but to stretch the defense that take the top off the defense role because they don't have someone like that in New England. That could be very interesting. Remember, they got Dorsett in that trade last year where the Colts wound up getting their quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. And then there's also Corderell Patterson. You know, this is a guy with world-class track speed. Keep an eye out on him. These are things that I would be looking for in the Patriots' uh, preseason games. Who's running with the ones as that number two wide receiver? And more importantly, who's occupying the slot? That's where Julian Edelman is, and Tom Brady knows where his bread is buttered. He likes that two-way go. That is something I would keep an eye on. And then, listen, last week I told you guys that almost as big of a question as what is a catch— this year, the question is going to be, what is a legal tackle? They saw You saw it in the Hall of Fame game. A number of penalties. People putting their head down when they're making the tackle. That is going to get called. They are trying to adjudicate this out of the game. And uh, I told you about my problem with it last week as it related to kind of Roquan Smith being unsigned and the inconsistency with the application of these rules. I maintain that. The application is still going to be inconsistent, the same way like holding or pass interference is inconsistent, and this is going to cost somebody games and some fantasy owners games as well. This is a story we're going to keep our eye on after the Hall of Fame game became very, very clear. All right, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do here on the Fantasy Freestyle as we, you know, we put the fun and functional sports radio on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I want to talk about my running backs, Diamonds and Fugazis, all right? The guys that I like at each tier and the guys that I would say forget about. Let's start with the first tier, okay? We're talking about your big boys. We're talking about your RB1s. We're talking about your first-round draft picks, okay? Listen, you need to go out and get these guys, all right? I tend to want to load up on running backs early. At the top of my draft, I'm prioritizing running back because workhorses are few and far between, all right, there's only about, I don't know, eight, nine teams that really have a true stud lead guy. There's so many committees and timeshares right now in the NFL that I'm trying to get those workhorses. Of those workhorses, the one that I'm a little down on is David Johnson. Listen, it, don't get me wrong. If David Johnson is sitting there for you at the number eight overall pick or something and he's still on the board, take his ass, all right? And I'm okay with that. But I'm saying when you're comparing him up against Gurley and uh, Zeke and Le'Veon and Saquon and Kamara and these guys, if I'm looking for flaws, I find them in David Johnson. And here they are. One, he hasn't finished his last two seasons because of injury. Two, the last time we saw David Johnson, their quarterback was Carson Palmer and their coach was Bruce Arians. That is no longer the case. Their head coach is now, what, Steve Wilkes, a new head defensive-minded first-year head coach? And their quarterback is, I don't know yet. It's probably Bradford for a little while. Then it's going to wind up being Josh Rosen. You know, I think these are the kind of question marks that Zeke Elliott doesn't have. We know his quarterback. We know his scheme. We know his O-line. Lev Bell doesn't have. We know that, right? And the same, obviously, for Todd Gurley as well. So I would, I would uh, cause cause for pause as it relates to DJ2K, although I love the skill. And on the flip side of that, my diamond in this, I'm higher on Zeke than most. I actually have Zeke as my number two. I go Lev Bell, Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, and then to be quite honest, I put even Saquon ahead of David Johnson, but that's besides the point. Zeke, I think he's going to make this comeback to the top three. I think Zeke will lead the NFL in carries. I think he will lead the NFL in rushing yards. And remember, they've lost Des Bryant. They've lost Jason Witten. He might, Zeke this is, might be even a bigger weapon in the passing game as they look to establish new pass-catching threats and options down there for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. If we move down a little bit, though, 
if you move down, like when you're talking about like letting the draft come to you, later on after those RB1s are gone, I'm looking at these PPR guys like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. These are guys that I want, all right, in that second tier of like the RB1s. The guy that I don't like in that place is Kareem Hunt. Okay, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just down a little bit on Kareem Hunt. I'll tell you why. If you're paying for Kareem Hunt in the first round and you want him to be your RB1, you are buying all the risk. Okay, last year, he ran for, what, 1,300-some-odd yards, led the NFL in rushing. For you to spend on him at that level, you have to basically get him to, in essence, do it again for him to return that value. I don't think that is necessarily going to be the case. There's a new offense there with new quarterback, Patty Mahomes. You got to figure out how Sammy Watkins fits in. There's a, I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of things to be determined with the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, I'd rather the sure bet with the consistency that I find in other places. So color me against Kareem Hunt. Color me against Shady McCoy as well. And this was before the incident or the alleged incident or whatever the case may be, okay? He was still... On the wrong side of 30, he was still in an offense that is completely direct of options besides him. If I'm a defensive coordinator playing against the Buffalo Bills, I'm putting all 53 men in the box to stop Shady McCoy. I've said it before. I'll say it again. And then, of course, the cloud of we don't know how many games he's going to play. That's another issue for me. I like some of these guys right below. I like Jarek McKinnon. I like uh, Joe Mixon. But those are the guys... Honestly, I think they're fairly adequately priced and fairly adequately ranked, okay? I look at my man Scott Angle's ranks, and we're talking about Jarek McKinnon at, like, RB14, right? We're talking about Joe Mixon as RB16. Yeah, I'm happy with them as my RB2. They're about right. But the problem is a lot of the hype has gone crazy far on those guys, so don't pay for the overhype, okay? They should be high-end running back twos. Let's look a little bit deeper, though, okay? A lot of people are loving this year, coming around on Jordan Howard. I'm of a different mindset, and I got to tell you why here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A lot of, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Chicago all of a sudden. There's a new scheme. The Matt Nagy scheme that we're taking over from Kansas City. Like They go out and get Allen Robinson. They go out and get Taylor Gabriel. They go out and sign Trey Burton. They go out and draft Anthony Miller. They also already have Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Now, don't get me wrong. Jordan Howard has been a beast rushing the ball his first two seasons, over 1,000 yards. But I believe that there are now, all of a sudden, he picks his head up, and there are more dynamic playmakers around. I think he's going to get a compromise in his volume, and that's really how Jordan Howard's bread was buttered with his volume. So I'm a little bit down on Jordan Howard as a high-end RB2. If you want to get him as a back-end RB2, if you want to tell me that he's left and you're looking at him as, like, you know, RB17, I'm with it. But I'll take Joe Mixon ahead of him. I'll even take the rookies Darius Geis and Ronald Jones ahead of him just because I think – uh, Chicago has more options than, say, Washington or Tampa does. All right. As we move down even further, you know, kind of in these RB20s, now I'm looking at the lead dogs of committees that I like. Now I'm looking at guys that have potential that I acknowledge are in committees. You're not going to see any workhorses here anymore, right? But here are some guys that I like that I think are going to be lead parts of their committee with the opportunity to grow even more in their share. First guy I want to tell you about, one of my running back diamonds in the rough, really at this RB2 flex level, is Deion Lewis out of Tennessee. Now listen, they are not exotic smash mouth anymore, okay? Every, all indications are that they're going to let Marcus Mariota throw it a little bit more, and I think Deion Lewis is going to be a weapon for him out of the backfield, especially in PPR formats. I love me some Deion Lewis. The other thing is, in that backfield, the other guy is Derrick Henry. Fugazi. Forget about him, all right? Listen, they have wanted Derrick Henry to take this job and run with it for a— for a year now, and it hasn't happened. You know, DeMarco Murray and his broken ass, you know, almost injured to the point of almost retiring, was able to keep the lead dog role there in Tennessee, right? So it's kind of, to me, it's like Denver, how they wanted Devontae Booker to take that role last year, and he didn't really grab the brass ring. So they had to go out and, you know, find some competition. In Tennessee, it's Deion Lewis. In Denver, it's Royce Freeman. And boy, do I like Royce Freeman as well. Listen, he's a little bit lower down on most people's lists. You know, Royce Freeman is more going around somewhere in the 30s, you know. Um, my boy Scott Angle, the king, El Rey de Fantasia, has him as RB29, okay, or in the 30s. That's where you got to go for him. But I think Freeman will be better than Booker. I think Deion Lewis will be better than Derrick Henry. And that's uh, things you need to... Uh, 
think about. Um, we got a guy in the chat room right now, D Blue in the chat. What's going on? I see your question right now. You're talking about Woods or Sanu. Um, I like Woods if we're talking about these wide receivers. Remember, Muhammad, it's a new day. Same thing. A lot of mouths to feed there. They drafted the kid Calvin Ridley as well. In Los Angeles, boy, are they a herd. You know, you got Woods, you got Cooks, and you got Cup. But I think Robert Woods is the one that has the most chemistry. I like Woods the best of any Rams wide receiver. Over Brandon Cooks, even. I think when the dust settles, it's going to be Robert Woods with the best um, stats this year out of Rams wide receivers. So, D Blue in the chat room, your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, answering your question directly. Robert Woods, greater than sign. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, just kind of like my bench, greater than sign. Your starters. Big shout out to RotoWare, my man Kenneth Cashman, making it happen. All right. So, as we get back to the, the running backs, I'm telling you, I like me Deion Lewis there. I like me, um, you know, Royce Freeman there. Guys I don't like at that level are guys where I think the other part of the committee is really ascending. So, for example, Lamar Miller, Fugazi, forget about him. Why? Because Deontay Foreman is a guy I like. He's coming back from an Achilles injury. They're saying he may or may not be ready right there at week one. But you're looking at week 13 and 14 when the fantasy playoffs are going on. And by that time, mark it down. Your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, is telling you that Deontay Foreman will be the lead back of the Houston Texans, not Lamar Miller. For the same reason, I think Marlon Mack in Indianapolis, Fugazi, forget about him. Why? I am high on these rookie running backs that the Indianapolis Colts brought in. Remember both of these names, Jordan Wilkins, and Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines is going to be a stud in PPR formats, okay? I'm talking, think about he is this year's Tariq Cohen, all right? He's that scat guy like a little Elijah McGuire, world-class speed, and was a wide receiver for his freshman and sophomore years in college. So uh, he can play that role very well. And then Jordan Wilkins, I think, is an overall back who will eventually push Marlon Mack out of that starting role. So those are some guys that I like, some guys that I don't at the running back position. When we come back, here's what we're going to do. I'll tell you some preseason storylines from a man, Scott Angle, and I'm going to tell you why there's so many different ways of protesting in the NFL. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Yeah. You let yourself go, be so damn. Little electric relaxation. Danny, I don't know if you how familiar you are with Tribe Call Quest. I love uh, Tribe This Quest. song has one of the best punchlines I've ever heard. Um, he says something like, uh, here's, the, here's the line. Uh, Fife Dog at one point says, Girl, let me hit it from the back. I won't catch a hernia. Then he goes, Bust off on your couch. Now you got Siemens furniture. <laughs> Are you familiar with Siemens furniture from back in the day? The, the brand? I am not. Oh, well, there you go. It's a little double entendre for you, Danny Otto. You know how we do here in the Fantasy Freestyle. We put the fun in functional sports content. Know it gets down like the spitting statistician. And here's the thing, all right? I just answered D Blue's uh, question in the chat room. You know, for me, Robert Woods is well above Muhammad. It's a new day. But, guys, with football season, you can hit me up in the chat room. Hit me up at 844-843-6879. We are going to get it done. All right, here. We're going to win our leagues and win that cash. In the chat room, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. You know, before we get into the preseason storylines, which I'm going to get to, highlighted from my man Scott Angle over on the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package but before we get into that because you know we talk about this anthem protest and all this stuff going on i've got some updates though i've got some updates on some of these stories you know because i've always said that you know the right to protest in fact you know no one has the right to say how and where to protest no one can say like i don't like the way you're protesting stuff like that right um so let me ask you 
about this. And I want to talk about this a little bit, you know, with y'all, the stats over beat Cypher. See what you guys say in the chat room. And then we'll move on to some of the storylines for the preseason, okay? Check this out. And Danny Otto, if you're with me, this is kind of like a popping off kind of topic because it's about a video game, all right? So, you know, Madden, huge video game, right? Madden 19, 2019 coming out. Um, the, uh, the theme song to Madden 19 that's like on the game or whatever is by rapper Big Sean. Okay, and in his uh, track, big song, uh, big excuse me, Big Sean song uh, called Big Bank. Uh, big Sean, who's on this, you know, featuring him and Two Chains and Nicki Minaj and all these people, he's got a line. No, it is not. Let me hit it from the back, girl. I won't catch a hernia. Bust off on your couch now. You got Siemens furniture. The Big Sean line is: Check this out. You boys, you boys, all cap. I'm more Colin Kaepernick. Whatever. They bleeped out the name Colin Kaepernick in the theme song for the video game. Let me say that again. They bleeped out the name Colin Kaepernick as though it was a curse word in the theme song to the EA Sports Madden video game. Let me let that resonate here for a little bit. So now the name Kaepernick is on the same level as some of the dirty words that I can't say into this microphone right now. Are you out of your ever-living mind? Okay? And then, of course, the artist, Big Sean himself, tweeted about it, you know, and was like, this, they didn't even ask him about it. They didn't even ask him about it. They said it was a, he said it was a disgrace, that he doesn't know if he wants to contribute to it anymore, all this stuff, okay? Um, so he goes and says, you know, he says that it is... Um, Excuse me, uh, shaking my head, all this stuff, right? EA Sports released a response saying that they made an unfortunate mistake, you know, after Big Sean called it appalling and said, quote unquote, nobody from my team approved of any of this. So this is so crazy that they bleeped his name out of the damn theme song of the video game. That's what we're talking about here. I think it's pretty crazy, all right? But that's not the only uh, way that our protests have come in. So far recently, um, we talk about the anthem and can you say, you know, kneeling and all this stuff and the teams and the, the league and the players association are still trying to figure this out. I don't think they have figured it out well just yet. Right. But let me ask you this. Remember, and I've said this before, the protest was not against the military or the flag. The protest was against police brutality and the senseless slaying of African-Americans by police. Randy Moss at the Hall of Fame this weekend. Randy Moss, I don't know if you saw his tie. Randy Moss, when he was giving a speech, because remember, the national anthem was, as Kaepernick and others decided, was just the platform that would have been best to potentially raise awareness to this issue they were protesting. Randy Moss was like getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and was like, ah, this is a platform for me to raise awareness about this issue. He didn't kneel for the national anthem or anything like that. He had his gold jacket on, gave his speech on his tie were the names of African-Americans that were slain by police, you know, police violence, let's say. The Sterlings of the world, right? You know, the Trayvon Martin, like all these, just their names. So let me ask you, is that okay? Was that a form of pro is that a form of protest that goes against the NFL bottom line? Is it okay? Or do we need to now scrub Randy Moss's name from the annals of the Hall of Fame? You know, I just, my, my larger point here is that, you know, the protest is about this issue of police violence, right? And how is that un-American? I thought it, in fact, was in the Bill of Rights. I thought it, in fact, was like the first or second right, the right to protest and assemble, right? So for all those people that's saying, like, yeah, you can have your right, but we don't like the way you're doing that, I think it's very contrary to what the right is itself, whether it's the platform of when everyone's watching during the national anthem or the platform when everybody is watching you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, raising awareness is the protest in itself. So I think that's kind of interesting. And then on the flip side, Terrell Owens held his own protest, right? He didn't like the way that the voters shunned him or what have you or if their values were misaligned to the Hall of Fame, whatever. He had a form of protest. Instead of going to Canton, he went to Tennessee Chattanooga for his. And the NFL is looking to 
adjudicate this, looking to build policy around this. They're now asking Hall of Famers to commit that they will come to the ceremony because they want to, you know, they want to control not only the message of the protest, but they want to control the manner in which protests happen. And that is where we get into a very, very, very slippery slope, okay? There's more news about this. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Because Jerry Jones came out and said, listen, if you want to be a cowboy, you're going to stand for the anthem. Once again, telling people you will not be allowed to protest in this way. And then Dak Prescott came out and said that, like, you know, he thinks it's right to stand for the national anthem, blah, blah, blah. I got no beef with Dak. As an individual, I got no beef with anybody that chooses to protest or chooses not to. That's your personal choice. That is your right. So if Dak Prescott doesn't want to, you know, wants to stand for the anthem, wants to, you know, care about his own personal brand, who am I to judge him for that? Who am I to say he can't do that, right? But it's interesting how people then try to control the manner in which you're doing. A lot of people think that, you know, maybe that's Dak selling out. I'm not going to go that far. Dak has his own brand to worry about. You know what's interesting? Last year when Cam Newton had some issues with the female reporter and stuff like that, he lost some of his sponsors. Dannon Yogurt was one of his sponsors that he lost. You know who Dannon Yogurt turned around and gave the endorsement deal to? Dak Prescott. All right, so I I do not fault a man for working on his own brand and, you know, trying to, you know, parlay that into his own career and revenue, I ain't mad. My issue comes with people telling you where and how and methodologies of protest when, by definition, protests are there to raise awareness about something or to bring this issue. Cap certainly did this to the point where his name is being erased from Madden games, and I think it is very, very interesting how the NFL is trying to control the narrative, whether it's the way you protest, whether it's showing up to the Hall of Fame, they're really trying to, uh, you know, control the narrative in a way that is somewhat unbecoming to them. I know the NFL and the NFLPA are still trying to work this out, but they tried it before and they messed up as they kowtowed to our commander in tweets. So now hopefully this time they figure it out correctly. All right. I'll get off my soapbox right there as the stable genius and vocal minority. But I do want to hear from you guys in the chat room. Let me know. Let me know what you think about these different methods of protest. And if there's some that are better than others, if there's some that should be more allowable than others, we'll get into that. We also got in the chat room right now out there on the Stats Over Beats Cypher. Big shout out to everybody watching on YouTube. Hit me up. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow me at Spittin' Speeds. My man, Strong Style Ninja. That's my man out there, Strong Style. First of all, again, congratulations on your wedding and your honeymoon and all that good stuff. Congratulations to you out there, Strong Style. He's asking me, Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman? Also, what are my thoughts on male cheerleaders? And then he updates on the drone. Sure, we'll hit up all of those. First of all, Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman? It's interesting you asked that, Strong Style. The answer is Devontae Freeman, okay? Devontae Freeman is, in my opinion, a back-end RB1. I love me some Devontae Freeman. However, Devontae Freeman has been in the cold, dark, quiet room a lot of times. Devontae Freeman has his brain rattling around in his head. If Devontae Freeman misses time again for a concussion, I'm afraid that he might wind up an IR. I'm afraid, like my man, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, who I know is on this network and I know feels the same way, I'm worried that if he gets his bell rung one too many times, it's going to have lasting impacts and they may shut him down. In that situation, obviously, Tevin Coleman becomes a workhorse and soaks it all up. So the answer is Devontae Freeman. I will say this, though. Tevin Coleman, to me, is one of the most important kind of like handcuff or RB2s for their team in, in the timeshare because I do I am scared about the health of Tevin Coleman, okay? So my half answer for you is the answer is Devontae Freeman, but I'm very concerned about the injury risk that he poses with the uh, not only the soft tissue injuries but the head injuries that he's had over the last couple of years. Male cheerleaders, I am mad at them. Someone's got to hold up the everybody else on the pyramid, you know? I am mad at them. Um, sure. I, I don't feel strongly one way or another about the male cheerleaders. I understand what you're saying, Strong Style. Maybe it's not, you know, becoming for people's reputation or something like that. But I am mad at male cheerleaders. I'm not one myself. 
But like, if that's you and you can, you know, maybe get a scholarship because of that, or you could whatever be out there because of that, I'm all for it. I ain't mad at you. And then last one, strong style, the drone. Yeah, if you were listening to the stats over beat cipher, you're on the fantasy freestyle last week. You know that, you know, your boy Speeds was out there on the beach, and there was there was apparently a drone filming us. Um, I've asked a lot of people, and uh, I do not think it's what Danny Otto said, which was aliens. I am now of the belief, I think Danny may have mentioned this, I'm now of the belief that it may have been some kind of like independent filmmaker, independent production that was kind of getting B-roll footage, you know, just one of those sweeping scenery kind of shots. That's the best thing I can think of. Maybe that's the only thing I'm comfortable with. But there's your update. I did a little bit of research to figure out if there was a news story around it or anything like that. Couldn't find anything out. So the mystery is still on, Strong Style, but thank you, thank you for asking. As we keep it moving, though, here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Ooh. Ooh. I'm still going with aliens. Ooh, Danny still thinks it's aliens. It ain't aliens, Danny. It ain't aliens. I mean, if it is aliens, then we in trouble because they are well more advanced than we are. Listen, let's keep it moving here, though, on the Fantasy Freestyle. I want to get into some of these preseason storylines and some of the buzz because, listen, um, official... Like, the Hall of Fame game happened, and all right, whatever. But, like, every team is in action starting on Thursday of this week, okay? Uh, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all 32 teams are in action. We're going to see rookie quarterbacks under center for the first time. We're going to see the return of injured folks from last year. And we're going to start to be able to read these tea leaves on some of these moves instead of having to just rely on the beat reporters or coach speak out of practice. And, you know, that... We can't really trust. We're going to have to start being able to see it for ourselves so we can break it down. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Scotty Angle and my man, The King. He's got his great article here about some of the uh, preseason buzz and analysis. I'm going to take a look at some of the big storylines that he has here, and I'll tell you my look at them. First of all, the first one here is Lamar Jackson and how he might not be ready to start. What is the theory on Lamar Jackson? I'm telling you right now, I believe it unravels in Baltimore, and I believe in the second half of the season, Lamar Jackson is under center for the Baltimore Ravens, okay? But here's the thing. In redraft leagues, it's not going to help you because he's going to have a package. He's just not going to have enough to make it worth your while in redraft leagues. In dynasty leagues, however, he is... Um, He's my first rookie that I'm taking. In Dynasty, I'm taking him over Darnold, over Rosen, over Baker, and clearly over Josh Allen as well. I think he has a lot of um, potential, and it may just take a little bit of time before they give him the keys to the car in another offseason. But in Dynasty Leagues, I love me some Lamar in redraft, not so much. We talked a little bit about this offensive talent in Chicago. Someone asked me, or we talked about Jordan Howard. That is one of Scott Angle's biggest narratives here. There's suddenly a lot of offensive talent. I agree with him. Listen, I told you too. Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, Trey Burton, Anthony Miller, the kid they drafted. You know, Taylor Gabriel as well. This pie is going to get sliced up a little bit differently. So for the people who took all of the uh, volume, a.k.a. Jordan Howard, he might get a little bit of downtick in production. That's just me. I know a lot of experts in this industry are high on Jordan Howard like they always are. I have a little bit of cause for pause. All right, another storyline that my man, the King Scott Angle, wants to talk about is he says the Lions are going to be a lot more physical, and I agree with that. Listen, Matt Patricia, their new head coach, right, they went out, they drafted on Johnson, and they signed LeGarrette Blunt. okay? This Detroit Lions team has a above-average offensive line, all right? Maybe even a top-10 offensive line. And for years, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher. They weren't able to pound it in the goal-line situations in the green zone, right? They go get LeGarrette Blunt, who is maybe possibly, in this NFL, the best possible person for that kind of skill set, right? So we like that. Um, and I think that he is definitely going to help. And I think a storyline, don't get me wrong, Jim Bob Cooter in the Detroit Lions is still going to throw. Matthew Stafford is still a 4,000-yard quarterback. But I do think they're going to be much more effective in the run game. Similar to how you saw the Saints last year start to run the ball a little bit more, and it helped their defense in terms of time of possession, in terms of field position, in terms of it all not having to fall on Drew Brees. I agree that the Detroit Lions may be on the same path, trying to not put it all on Matthew Stafford, help their defense out a little bit. I believe also that the Lions' run game and their physicality will be more than it ever has been before. Another 
Um, big storyline here is, remember, a lot of teams are on the Chargers. Your boy Speeds the spitting statistician included. I'm high on the Chargers. I have the Chargers in the AFC Championship game this year. Um, if you haven't been paying attention just yet, Hunter Henry, though, their big-time tight end who is expected to kind of ascend into this tight end one conversation now that Antonio Gates has moved on. Hunter Henry is not going to play this season. He tore his ACL already. Antonio Gates is gone. Here's the, here's the thing you need to look for. For me, they're going to do a lot more three wide receiver sets. Mike Williams is the diamond in the rough here on this one. Keenan Allen doesn't profile that way. Uh, they got Terrell Williams. They got uh, Benjamin as well. I think Mike Williams, the last year's first-round draft pick out of Clemson, he is going to be the guy that I think gets looks from Phillip Rivers in the red zone. Right now, he's going as like a wide receiver five. I think you can snatch him up at a great value later in your draft, and I think he's going to be a touchdown maker for the Los Angeles Chargers. All right. When we come back. We're going to dive into a couple more storylines that I want to talk about, and then we're going to put the fun and functional sports content as we look at another rap remix from the Trap Game Maestros. It's your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Come on back. Check me out on YouTube. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. What up, thug? What up, cuz? What up, blood? What up, gangster? 50. Little 50 as we come back. And, you know, interestingly enough, I got a story about 50 Cent as we put the fun and functional sports radio a little bit later on in the show. You know, he's got new beef, uh, Danny. He's got new beef with Floyd Mayweather. I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen. I haven't seen the new stuff. I've seen the old stuff. Uh, This was like as of maybe a week ago. We got some stuff. Check this out. I, you know what? Let's go to it right now. Let's go to it right now. All right. Uh, this is what Floyd Mayweather had to say in an Instagram post about 50 Cent. And it's, it's pretty long. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, we're talking about some, uh, you know, we're talking about like Drake Pusha T kind of stuff here. All right. Um, Floyd Mayweather goes, Curtis Confidential informant Jackson, you're mad because your oldest son, Marquise, doesn't want to be with you. Your son, your own flesh and blood, don't want nothing to do with you. You haven't had a hit, a song on radio, and who knows when. And you're definitely not hot enough to even sell records anymore since since Interscope dropped you. You're jealous of any rapper, athlete, or entertainer that's hot or got something going on for themselves. You're a certified snitch, and we got paperwork to prove it. You talk about Ja Rule, but you stole his whole style and ran with it. You're the only self-proclaimed gangster that's never put in work you need to pay homage to the real 50 cent for stealing his name and his storyline your claim to fame was getting shot numerous times and living to tell about it you think that's gangster where at you're currently living in an effing apartment in jersey you are always in someone else's business just to stay relevant you shouldn't become a blogger because it's obvious you don't have nothing going on in your life the only thing you got is power and everybody watches that because ghost is a dope-ass character on the show you can leave that show and everybody will Still watch power, but out here in the real world, I'm the real ghost. That's not a mansion in Connecticut that you're in debt for. That's a dump, a money pit in an oversized trap house. It was dope when Mike Tyson owned it in the late 80s, but you couldn't afford to maintain it. You're always talking that someone else is broke, but the last time I checked, it was Curtis Jackson that filed for bankruptcy, not Floyd Mayweather. So quick to gossip like a female dog, why don't you tell everybody how you got herpes from DJ? Where's your memes for that, huh? Or better yet, post on how Coca-Cola deal wasn't really $300 million, you effing liar. And tell how you spin a G-Unit necklace that someone got robbed for was fake. Oh. He's going hard. This is Floyd Mayweather going after 50 Cent, 50 Cent responds on Instagram, I must have hurt your feelings, champ. 
You had someone write a book. I'm going to take my time with this so I get it all out. We're going to start with your 11 domestic violence cases. Wait a minute. I'll do them in order. Remember, you asked for this. Get the strap. Danny, what's going on here, man? Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent. They, they ain't playing, yo. If my man Yang down in the pit of misery has something to add on this, he's more than welcome to hop on Fantasy Freestyle as well. But let's start here with Danny Otto. Danny, 50 Cent and Floyd Mayweather. Seems like, because uh, they used to be boys and stuff. What do you think? Is this real? Or is this just selling, you know, is this just to gain followers and sell merchandise and get people to watch power? I mean, nowadays you gotta you, you have to think about every situation like this right in the back of your head yeah like Lonzo Ball be... and Kyle Kuzma with right. diss tracks they're boys right. you know but uh I don't know That's... I mean he's putting out some of his dirty laundry here though yeah, that... he said that he had herpes <laughs> we were talking about 11 domestic violence cases we're talking about how he doesn't have the money to pay for his house in Connecticut I mean like there's some there's some uh you know twist the knife kind of stuff in here Danny I'll say this if it started as a as a PR thing it's not gonna finish as well right <laughs> fair enough how do you think it finishes though Danny I think it fi- it finishes with somebody going f this I'm I'm out or, or yeah it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be like a, a game of Monopoly somebody's gonna flip the board and that's it gotcha screw you guys I'm going home exactly. kind of thing all right fair enough if anybody down there if you know I know Sean Angle is down there I know my man Yang down there if any of them want to chime on in on this just let me know Danny we could bring them on uh, from the live from the pit of misery you got as else. Give me one second. well all right as we move on with that though let me tell you something else that is going on remember I wanted to tell you about some of these other preseason storylines so I do want to talk about one or two more that uh, we see here as the preseason gets started kind of in earnest. You know, we put the Hall of Fame game aside. One thing I want to talk about is Alvin Kamara. Everyone just assumes that with Mark Ingram on the shelf for the first four games because of his suspension, that Alvin Kamara is just going to soak up all that opportunity. Not so fast, guys, okay? Um, I think Alvin Kamara, they want they want him to stay in that 15-18 touch kind of a game. They don't want him to get exposed. They don't want him to get more banged and bruised up than he needs to. Remember what happened to Chris Thompson last year, right, when he had to take on that full role and then he got hurt. Similar to how I, I don't believe Ron Rivera when they say they want to give Christian McCaffrey more like 20-25 touches a game. Nah, you're lying. You're bugging. All right? So I would not just automatically assume that Alvin Kamara soaks up all that extra production and all that extra opportunity from Mark Ingram. The last thing that I'll mention here before we get into it with Stats Overbeat Cypher a little bit more is uh, Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster. Everyone loves Juju Smith-Schuster, okay? Juju in my man the King Scott Angles ranks is uh, like number wide receiver like 17, okay? Really as a wide receiver too. I have cause for pause on that. All right. And let me tell you why. He did a lot of that last year. The couple of weeks where Antonio Brown was out, if you remember that week's like 13 or 14, something like that. He was out. That's when Juju started popping off. Okay. That's not the case this year. Antonio Brown is going to get his. Le'Veon Bell is going to get his. You know, at best, Juju is the third option. And when I look at the wide receivers that are in, you know, wide receiver 15, 16, 17, 18, we're talking about guys like T.Y. Hilton, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Demarius Thomas, Allen Robinson. These are guys are the undisputed number one receiver for their teams. Why would I take a guy at this level who is the number three option on his own team? albeit behind incredible studs, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. But I'm taking a Jarvis Landry. I'm taking a Larry Fitzgerald. I'm taking a Demarius Thomas. Guys who are the number one wideout for their team before I'm taking a third option on another squad. Last thing I'll say, I'll leave you with this. In San Francisco, listen, everyone loves Jimmy G-Spot. The Jimmy Garoppolo hype is going a little bit too far for my taste. Eh, but I digress, okay? If you like Jimmy G and you want to spend up for it, go ahead. I tell you all the time, don't spend on quarterback. I would not. But if you want to issue the advice of the spitting statistician, that's fine. Compete in the league with me, and this way I'll be able to win my league and win that cash. All right there, Danny. Uh, we got another question here from the Stats Over Beats Cypher. Uh, Mr. Showtime asks, did I hear about T.O. and the CFL? Yeah, I heard about T.O. and the CFL. I believe, you know, he did his Hall of Fame speech on uh, Saturday at Tennessee Chattanooga. Sunday, he was trying out for a CFL team. I don't buy it. 
I think it's more just like publicity. I think it's more like T.O. just wanting to stay in the narrative. Uh, you know, Johnny Manziel is up there as well. He had his attempt first with Hamilton, I think then with Montreal. He's not performing well. I think he had a really bad game. Uh, I think it's nonsense. I think it's T.O. just trying to have uh, the spotlight on him a little bit longer. If he wants to try, I saw, the, I saw the workout tape. You know, like, sure. I see that he's trying, but I don't buy it. All right, so there you have it on that. Thanks for hitting me up, though, Mr. Showtime. Let's keep it moving, though, here as we put the fun in functional sports uh, content. Danny, we got another uh, parody, another rap remix from the Trap Game Maestros. This time we're talking about Julio Jones, and we're getting low, 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 low. Let's drop that here on Fantasy Freestyle. We only got a couple of minutes left. Let's hear once again from a man, Young Kaz, the effect in the Trap Game Maestros. Let's get it on and popping. Let's see if we can turn me into another GIF doing Fortnite dances. Hey, hey. Let's play that now, little Julio. If you were facing Julio Jones this week, I'm sorry, bro. You basically needed, like, Keenan Allen and Antonio Brown and Alvin Kamara, you know, and something else. Julio definitely um, killed people. Uh, it's the trap game, maestros. Shot Adam passes and him screens. screens. Bucks eat the dirt. Eat the dirt. The whole city do the dirty bird. So you can throw. DD for show. Julio, whoa, 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 whoa. Got Devontae on the page, so T. Coleman take the scraps. The scraps. Mr. Jones is counting crows and taking snacks. So do can throw. DD for show. Julio, whoa, 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 whoa. I never seen nothing like this before. Started off kinda slow, but now he's ready to go. One half point, he just dropped a fat 44. Muddy ice in the winter, gonna make it snow. So flexible, not benchable. Professional, beat the Exynos. Hold up, wait a minute, do I see a catch for Julio? Haters said Benjamin, I was like, no. Now they all quiet like Bella with bros. Buck secondary will certainly blow. Went for 200, I guess he passed go. Bucks looking trash, but the score was still close. Burnt Tampa Bay, now they crispy like toast. NFC South is still doing the most. Sark got it, now bomb it to Julio. Should've had them pass. And them screens, screens. Eat the dirt, eat the dirt. The whole city do the dirty bird. So you can throw. TD for show. Julio, whoa, 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 on the bench. So T Coleman take the snacks. Master Jones is counting and taking snacks. TD for show. Julio, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have my man JP, the night owl, down there as much. We can turn that off at this point. We can cut it. All right, so uh, let's bring my man Danny Otto down there from the Fantasy Pit of Misery. What do we think about this one? What do we think about the Julio Jones parody? I don't mind it. You don't like, mind it? I don't mind it. I I think maybe I, I liked the originals <laughs> a little bit better. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Big shout-out, as always, to the Trap Game Maestros. Always down with the stats over Beat Cypher. Big up to my man, Young Cos, who also even signed up for my Patreon out there, so I like that. Um, we got a poll question up. Remember, I'm asking you, when is the ideal point in the summer to draft your lineup for your fantasy football team? Some of these drafts are happening already this week, last weekend and stuff, and kind of, I don't like that because, you know, then one of your players is going to get injured in the preseason. It's going to really suck if your second-round pick goes down, right? But on the flip side, some people don't like drafting late because they think they have the jump on some of the camp battles, like I can read the tea leaves, you know, and kind of be up on people, and then over the course of the preseason, everyone else comes to the party. But right now, 74% of you say that you would rather draft late to avoid injuries, and when it comes down to it, I kind of agree with you. Clayton Trahan responds to me and says, these days, nobody's a sleeper anymore. My league drafts as close to opening day as possible to avoid injuries and to let the kind of battles sort themselves out. I understand that. Mendo Bruce, big friend of the show, shout out to Mendo Bruce, says, Right now, after all you experts give noobs like me advice. I like that, Mendo. So you got to hear the advice first from us and then be able to play it out. Danny, I got one more question for you. One more thing I wanted to ask you about. You know, you're big on the UFC. And, like, I don't know, at this point, it must have been, what, like two or three months ago when there was a big event at the Barclays. And, you know, Connor came in, billionaire walking and strutting, throwing things into the buses, you know, and had to go to court and all this stuff. Dana White at that point said, you know, Connor's never going to fight in the UFC again. I hope you didn't believe that, Danny. I didn't. I hope you didn't think that that was nothing other than a PR stunt, Danny. Because uh... Connor's back. Right? Connor is fighting in, what is it, UFC, what is it, 228 maybe he's fighting in, Danny? 229. 229. In Vegas? Yeah. Listen, here's my question. 
Connor hasn't been in a UFC ring in a while, right? He had the fight with Floyd. He's had time off. Why is Connor doing this? Because um, he got, what, didn't he get like $70 million or whatever to fight Floyd? Why is he doing this again? He just loves the thrill of the UFC competition. He just loves getting his face bashed in. What is in this for Conor McGregor? Uh, as much as Conor likes money, Con- Conor likes to be able to say he was better than somebody else. And the guy he's fighting is pretty good, right? Khabib is yeah. very good. So is he going to lose? Um, it's, it's really hard right now because even the experts right now are kind of back and forth and back and forth. I, I work on an MMA show yep. middays and right now some of them are already still saying, you know what? Connor has a chance. Khabib has some weaknesses that other fighters haven't been able to take advantage of. Ah, and you think Connor might be the man to expose them? I mean, I didn't think Connor could beat Jose Aldo. Right. Yeah, but... that's true. But here's the thing. Like, are you concerned at all? About, like, you know, it's been, what, two years since Connor's been in an octagon? I'm not concerned about that part of it, at least. Okay. Um, I, I feel like he, he's kind of one person that probably has to train every day type of thing. Fair. Like, I feel like that's kind of just a regular thing. He's got to stay him. in shape for his photo shoots. Yeah. But right. I, I feel like that's kind of just life for him. He's, he's, he's into training. That's kind of what he is. That's his identity. He's a fighter type of thing. All right. So 229, you say. When is that happening? Uh, it's actually the end of October. Oh, all right, so this is going to be going down. So I'm sure you're going to be talking about that with your MMA show. I'm just a little concerned. Like, I don't think Conor has anything to gain here. He can only lose here, right? Like, if he wins, he's supposed to win. He gets money. He's already got money. But if he loses, then the shine on this, you know, on this legend, on this narrative, on this, you know, on his brand is completely gone. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need this. I, I think this is a, like... No win, all lose proposition for Conor McGregor. So I'm a little surprised that he'd do it, but you knew he had to be back, right? You knew that that was what happened in at the Barclays when he threw the dolly or whatever it was through the bus window, that that's just to now generate more buzz so that Dana White could talk what he talks, but then ultimately it's a bigger deal when he does come back and people buy that pay-per-view, right, Danny? Right. I mean, Conor's not going to make as much as he made when he fought Floyd, but he's still going to make, even if he loses. Conor made generational money already. Right. He's like, still does he gonna need make, it? He's still going to make more than any other UFC fighter, even if he loses. So there's plenty of money for him to gain here. But, I mean, if he wins, then he's back on top of the lightweight division. Okay. I mean, all right, but I just I don't know that that, ma- that that should matter. My man got tens of millions of dollars already. What he's going to get another five? What does that really matter? You know what I mean? So it's interesting, but yes, Conor McGregor is going to be back in the UFC. At uh, my man Danny is saying UFC two twenty nine in late October. Uh, you know, plan your Halloween around that one for sure. Thanks to everybody down there in the fantasy pit of misery for making me look good, making me sound good, monitoring the chat room. I hope you, uh, you know, if you're uh, strong style, Mr. Showtime, you know, D Blue out there, tell a friend to tell a friend that you get your questions answered when you tune in to the fantasy freestyle. Don't forget, hit me up on Twitter. Okay, at Spit and Speeds, answer the polls, hit me up on questions, whatever you want. And in the morning, you'd also hear me, 7 to 9 a.m., Roto Experts in the morning with my man, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. That'll about do it for this time. Next week, wide receiver, Diamonds and Fugazis, and where we are on preseason storylines. I'm out. Peace.